Hey friends, welcome to The Drivecast, a daily podcast walking through the Bible to help us read it in, pray it up, and live it out. My name's Dan, and I serve as the teaching pastor for our Worthington campus. Today, we're reflecting on 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4-8. through 8. I'll read the passage, and then we'll get started. 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 4. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts He has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through Him, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now that you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. First, let's read it in. In a lot of Paul's letters, there's a prayer of blessing in Thanksgiving that starts before anything else that he writes. And this was a pretty common practice in his day. Most letters started with some type of uh, prayer or petition right at the beginning of the letter before they got into uh, the rest of what they wanted to say. And so in that sense, 1 Corinthians is fairly typical of the time. Though an interesting note about 1 Corinthians is that it is one of the longest letters that we have recorded from the ancient world today. Paul has a lot to say to this church, and we know that not all of what he said to the Corinthians is contained in this letter, but more on that at another point. This very first part of the letter is not just a throwaway section. Paul is not just using this prayer uh, and then moving on. This is very intentional language that he brings. He's thanking God that the Corinthians possess the very things he's about to rebuke them for misusing. He's thanked God for enriching the Corinthian church with all kinds of speech, a theme that's going to come up for criticism later in the book. He does the same with knowledge, only to later chastise these believers for how they abuse it and lord it over one another. And he says that they lack no spiritual gift, even though they have gone to great lengths to create an unwarranted hierarchy of gifts, celebrating certain manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and for all intents and purposes, ignoring the other ways the Holy Spirit works in the life of uh, the church. The warning for us is clear, I think. The things of God can be misused. That's a powerful idea. It's good for us to have godly speech in our fellowship, whether it's in preaching or teaching, encouragement, or even in rebuke. We should give thanks for the God uh, who provides these blessings while also being aware of how uh, hauntingly and easingly these can be misused. We might become too soft and encourage others to uh, sin or too harsh and rebuke them uh, in a way that is not right It doesn't show the tenderness that Jesus often shows. We may elevate one who preaches to a level beyond what they can withstand, beyond what their position uh, calls for. We can ignore or even disdain those who teach Bible stories to kids and pretend that it is an unimportant way of serving the body. And in the same way, we ought to be on guard against turning uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit into unbiblical, hierarchical lists. 
we should resist the temptation to desire those gifts that the Holy Spirit has not given us to use the gifts uh, that we have been given to gain glory for ourselves. We must uh, possess true humility, wisdom, and love to use the gifts the Holy Spirit has given us properly as a way that honors God, honors Jesus, and is good for the body. Now, let's take a moment to pray it up. First, let me give you a moment. Ask God to examine your heart and reveal to you if there's any type of pride that might cause you to misuse the gifts that the Spirit has given you. Second, in verse 7, Paul reminds the Corinthians that they eagerly await Jesus' return. Is that true of you? Is that true of me? Take a minute to reflect on the return of Jesus and what that means for you, your loved ones, and the world around you. Even join the refrain of the end of the book of Revelation, where uh, John uh, says, Come, Lord Jesus. verse 8, Paul promises that God will keep us firm to the very end. Pray that you will rely on God's strength and not your own as you seek to follow Jesus and honor him with all you think, say, and do. Finally, we want to live it up. Are there any obvious ways uh, that you misuse the things of God? It's a probing question to ask yourself. We're not always the best at examining our own lives. Take a risk and ask someone you trust for honest feedback. What do you think God's gifts are uh, in my life? Ask them that question. Are you using them properly? Secondly, have you ever thought about the return of Jesus? This is an event that you are looking forward to, or is it something that you dread? Many wise people have said something to the effect of live with the end in mind, and that means the return of Christ should deeply impact our lives today. Jesus could return at any moment, and if uh, he were to return in your lifetime, would he find you ready? Would he find you faithful? Friends, thanks for tuning into the Drivecast. We'll see you back tomorrow. Tomorrow.